The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept. And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon broadcasting from, as I say, sunny Arizona. And today it's very sunny, but also very beautiful. This week on the Self-Improvement Blog, you'll find a number of articles on health and fitness. We always run a new one every Sunday, but this week we're uh, really taking uh, a harder focus on health and fitness. So take a look. If you don't know about the blog, it's http.w, I'm sorry, colon, slash, slash, theselfimprovementblog.com. It changes every day, so I invite you to take a look and come back often. There's a review of the book, Dr. A's Habits of Health, The Path to Permanent Weight Control and Optimal Health by Dr. Wayne Scott Anderson. It's really a wonderful book. It's both beautiful and extremely informative, so I would encourage you to get it. If you're at all interested in health and fitness, this is an excellent resource. <clears throat> Excuse me. You'll also find on the blog our guest bio and picture. It's always nice to know who's doing the speaking, so take a look as we go along. While I was preparing for this show, I googled the term health and fitness and was <laughs> really knocked over. I got Listen to this, 1,170,000,000 responses. I didn't look at all of those. I searched then for weight loss and got 504,000,000 responses. A little bit of interest out there, huh? Almost every TV talk show these days has a segment on health and fitness with demonstrations of different kinds of exercise, you know, demonstrations of how to cook healthy meals, um, anything that goes with health. We've had 12 seasons of The Biggest Loser. An extreme makeover weight loss edition is going into its third season. The Internet is rife with medical sites as well as sites devoted to all phases of health and fitness. Health and fitness products are a big industry and health and fitness coaching has become a very big business. And still we're the fattest nation in the world and one of the least fit. It seems we have the super fit and the rest of us. The rest of us watch the performances of the superfit from our couch while we're munching on a tasty treat. What's wrong with this picture? We all seem to want to be slim, fit, and healthy. We all want to feel good. So what's going on here? Today we're going to talk about health and fitness with somebody who knows what he's talking about. Dr. Steve Firemilk has been in the fitness and wellness industry for over 20 years. He has a Ph.D. in exercise science and wellness from Arizona State University and serves as the director of patient wellness 
for Heart of Arizona Cardiac Care in Scottsdale. Dr. Steve is a health and business coach with Take Shape for Life, an optimal health program that creates the foundation and long-term support for his clients who choose health. I met Dr. Steve at Heart of Arizona. His wife is my cardiologist. And by the way, a doctor I consider to be one of the finest I've ever known. And remember, I have a master's degree in nursing. I've known a lot of doctors. She is the finest in terms of knowledge, ability, and approach to health care. Her patient relationship is just the best. And then I met Dr. Steve, and I was so delighted to see that she had put this health and fitness component into her practice by someone who is as knowledgeable and caring as Dr. Steve. It is my pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Steve Ryermelk. Dr. Steve, welcome. Well, thank you, Dr. Common. Uh, it's an honor to be here today. You know, we have a lot of information we need to go to, to today, but I really would like to begin by asking you to tell us about yourself and why and how you became a health and business coach. Well, you said so many nice things about me. I think I should probably just <laughs> keep my mouth shut and let, let that <laughs> speak for itself. Yeah, but um, the the field, I've had a passion for the field of exercise and wellness and health all my life. I mean, I, I look back to uh, my father's example as a, as a weightlifter back in the 40s and 50s. I look at my, uh, my desire to do sports, and that's um, grown into my interest of being a coach and coaching from little kids to, you know, Division I uh, collegiate athletes, and then to, you know, taking it the next step, because what you had said about how the American uh, society is now, where we spend more time watching people do activity, I mean, you, you really um, hit the spot of what really moved me towards what I am doing now, is that, you know, there is the elite group of athletes that, uh, unfortunately, research shows that athletes in, in collegiate levels usually are the ones that end up doing the least amount of activity when they're out of that setting, but uh, um, in other in other terms, the uh, the population that we are looking at, um, unfortunately, is not um, is not responding well to the message that they are hearing. You know, the shows that are on TV, they're watching them, but are they just watching them? And we can see by the stat you even said about our population being the heaviest, they are just watching it. And the problem is it's not because the American society is lazy and the American society doesn't want to be healthy. It's that we are struggled with a lot of the pressures that we see in our everyday life as we, you know, get stressed out and we've got to get our kids here and there and, you know, the real things in life. So what I decided to do with my, with my life is, is to move into working with the general public now and trying to touch as many lives as I can so that they increase their quality of life. And that's where um, I think if you ask me, you know, how I got into this, that's kind of the, the avenue I've taken, and the end result is to help people reach their maximum potential. We're not talking about physical fitness potential, like how many push-ups or sit-ups I can do. We're talking about living and you know, having the greatest sense of well-being that you possibly can have. And uh, and so and your introduction was great because, um, 
you know, the, the big joke all my life um, was that my wife, who's an outstanding cardiologist, as you said, you know, was doing fantastic, and she was taking care of people, um, you know, kind of that, that had heart problems. And uh, that was the way that cardiology basically was uh, designed. It, somebody has a heart problem, you take care of them. And what I was doing is I was trying to keep people away from her. I was trying to get people to, exactly. you know, so we were kind of fighting against each other in, in the band. And people used to say, well, are, are you ever going to get together? And I said, oh, someday. And you're absolutely right. When she brought me in here, it was a great match. And uh, because the lifestyle portion is something that we need to, uh, need to address more in our society. You know, back in the, my early days of nursing, if somebody had a heart attack or heart problem, they didn't exercise at all. I mean, they rested. No, and that's changed totally. I mean, and they're out and totally about right away. It's totally changed now, and it's so exciting to see a cardiologist put that wellness component into her practice. Yeah, there's only so much that, uh, and, you know, you can throw pills at people, which we don't do. Um, you can, you know, say that, you know, go in and have a heart stent, you know, do these heart casts and so on. But in reality, that just is putting a Band-Aid on it. And it's not that, that we're asking people to go out and run marathons. That's not what we're asking people that are listening today. You don't have to go out and become this exercise uh, fanatic. There's little things in your life that you can do to change your activity level. And then when it comes to, you know, the introduction about the weight loss part of it, when it comes to weight loss, unfortunately, you, you can't really exercise enough to get to a healthy weight. There has to be that nutrition component and overall psychological component that has to be part of it. Let, let's go back a little bit. Why did we get in this state? What are the major contributing factors to this state of out of shapeness, I guess is yeah. what I'm say. Yeah, if you look at if you look at the the, uh, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, have done a number of, of studies and have, have looked at the population changes in our population in terms of of, uh, of obesity. And if you look back in the in the early to mid eighties, they didn't even look at obesity in a lot of uh, a lot of states. But as time progressed and as as uh, they started to do more research, what we found was that people in states were starting to get more and more obese, and what was happening is. Uh, two things. One, um, the amount of stress on everyone's life started to increase um, uh, as, uh, you know, the demands uh, of day-to-day life and accessibility to low caloric, I'm sorry, high caloric, low nutritional foods was much more easily acceptable. And as we started to run our kids around, we'd just, you know, run into McDonald's, run into some other fast food joint where we get the high caloric, low nutrition. So as time progressed, that increased our caloric expenditure uh, intake, and as, as our caloric expenditure decreased. So the conveniences, think about the conveniences that are in our lives now compared to what they were like when we were younger, our parents were younger. I mean, the one that that sticks out to me the most is the garage door. I mean, we oh, used to yes. always get out of the car, you know, walk out, open the garage door by hand, go back in, close the door, pull the car in, get out, go pull the garage door down. Now, that's an activity. Now, we reach up on our visor and press a button. Well, back a little further, when I was young, we walked. I yeah. lived in a small town and yeah. we walked or rode our bike. 
yeah. everywhere we wanted to go. I look at my grandson, who's eight. He was just here for a month. He didn't want to move away from the computer. We'd get him to go swimming. I'd send him out to play with the puppy. I'd do everything I could think of to get him to move. But he really just wanted to sit in front of the computer. We didn't allow it, but that's, you know, that was where he wanted to be. Yeah, and and that that is that is unfortunate, but but it's okay though because we we have to what we have to do is we're progressing in society with with our technologies that are that can improve our quality of life, but if they improve our quality of life at the detriment of our health, then we're gonna, it's we're going to be worse off. So and and but it goes beyond just the physical. If you look back in the nineties when when uh, companies nutrition companies were starting to say, oh look, we're getting a uh, uh, much to be much uh, fatter nation. Let's try some. Let's get some low fat diets in here. Let's get some low oh, fat yes. foods. And so people thought they could eat more because it's low fat. But what that did was it even uh, exacerbated the problem, and the country even got fatter. So we continued to gain weight, and then the low carb diets came in, and guess what? We kept gaining more weight, and until now, you know, the projection. If if anyone has watched the uh, HBO special, um, I think it was in March uh, of this. Just past year, where they said 52% of the of American adults will be obese by 2030. The big problem with this is that this collides with healthcare, because as people get obese, the different diseases and the risk factors rise, and when those rise, the cost of of healthcare rises because more people are needing healthcare, and so that's where the seriousness, not only on a personal level, comes, but on a a economic and a global level come. So, um, so how we got there is a lot of different functions, and it's not just the activity; it's the you know content of our food, it's the high caloric, low nutrition food, and really, what people don't understand is that our bodies are an incredible, efficient machine. We can survive on such small amounts of calories; it's incredible. The problem is. American society is wants to go to places where there's smorgasbords, wants to go to places where there's big sizes of food, wants to go to places that are the most convenient, where those things may taste good at the time and may feel like you're getting a good deal, but in reality, it's a really bad deal because it has a negative impact on your health, both physically and financially. And aesthetically, you know, the thought that, that yeah. raised through my mind when you were speaking is a moment on the lips forever on the hips. Uh, you know, and we all face that. With yeah. that thought, it's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about health and fitness with Dr. Steve Firemelt. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Everyone has a belief system that they stand by. It's comfortable and safe. If you believe that a hot stove will burn you, you won't touch it. Sometimes beliefs like this are practical, but some belief systems may be protecting you a little too much. These are the ones that might be holding you back. There's a secret to changing your belief system. And by doing so, achieve goals and live a happier, better life. Start by tuning in to Subconscious Beliefs with Dr. Hein Lambricks, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Steve Firemilk. Uh, Dr. Steve said that he's very open to calls and callers' questions. So if you'd like to call in with a question, call in at 866-613-1612. I'll give you that again. It's 866-613-1612. Dr. Steve, before we get started into this segment, why don't you tell people how they can find you on the Internet and how they can reach you? If they'd like to. Oh, absolutely. Um, the the best way to reach me is you can always email me, and I'm I'm always happy to um, interact with people versus e- on the email. And the uh, the easiest uh, email address to use is Dr. Steve, which is Dr. Steve at heartofarizona.com, and uh, that's just spelled out heartofarizona.com. And then there's a couple websites that uh, can also be used. The, the first one is uh, um, heartofarizona.com where you can learn about optimal health. And we're actually part of an elite uh, cardiology practice that is there's only, um, I think, eight or nine uh, uh, private uh, prevention types of cardiology practices in the country. And uh, actually, Dr. Firemelk, if I can toot her horn, which she never likes to do on her own, um, she is the only female concierge cardiologist in America. So, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's at the cutting edge at the tip of the spear. And then, um, also another website is, uh, livingwelldoc.com. So livingwell and docdoc.com. So that's how you get a hold of me. Take a look at those sites. You talked about optimal health. How do you define optimal health, Dr. Steve? Well, that's, that's an excellent question because optimal health can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And um, as I as I look at that term of optimal health, you know, if you ask somebody if you could achieve optimal health, you know, would you? And uh, everyone would say, well, yeah, I would. And, and they say, well, I probably can't, though. But in actuality, optimal health can be reached because it's optimal for each individual person. Now, there are parameters that there are set for different, say, numbers or scores that people should get on certain things for their age um, and their uh, male or female so there are those types of parameters, but in general, if you look at optimal health, people can look at different factors in their life, and what I like to equate optimal health to is wellness, and wellness is a term that um, 
um, a lot of uh, people use. And optimal health is kind of the medical side of wellness. It's it's uh, the doctors taking into consideration, hey, you know, wellness is important, but we want to call it optimal health. And I had the um, the privilege of having a mentor who's actually at the cutting edge of of wellness, Dr. Charles Corbin at Arizona State University, and he's actually the the um, expert. Uh, he's been on the, the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sport, and uh, his definition is probably the most widespread. And basically, we're talking about a multi-dimensional state of being. So it's how somebody feels in a number of different states uh, within their life, and uh, that that exist and have a positive impact on their life, so positive health, which is measured in quality of life and a sense of well-being. So you've got this multidimensional state. And what, what's interesting, Dr. Kalman, about um, this multidimensional state is that we're talking about not just the physical part. We're talking about the emotional part, the mental part, the spiritual part, you know, the, how you interact with the Ah, you're holistic. And the social part of it, the whole holistic part. And health is an important part about this. Now, the thing about weight management and physical uh, activity and physical fitness, they are the one area, well, I shouldn't say the one area, they're in my life, in what I like to talk to people about, is they can have such a positive impact on all of those other areas that they, if you, but they can also have maybe the biggest negative impact if you don't address them. And so that's why I think that, you know, the weight management side, the physical activity side, the being able to move, the movement side, that's so important to all those other areas. Okay, we talk about health and fitness. Talk just a bit about the fitness part. Yeah, the, the fitness part, you know, to, to be physically fit, you know, to, to take, you know, your, your body and to be in a fitness part, we as Americans have this picture of we think fitness is. You know, we see those shows, we see the commercials, we see those exercisers with the, you know, six-pack, eight-pack abs, and we say, there is absolutely no way I will ever be like that, so I can't be fit. And so that is the negative impact that society is having on people's concept of what fitness is, because that's not what fitness is. Fitness is your ability to move as freely as you can in the environment, as easily as you can, so it doesn't start with me looking at somebody who I want to, you know, look like or the feeling that I want to feel. It's taking those small steps that get to that point. When we say it's the process, not the product. It's the process of the movement. It's the process of the activities we do to get us physically fit that are the most important part. Because there's a lot of people who look very fit out there, but really in reality when you get them into a lab and you test them, they're not. They're not fit. No, they're not fit. Okay, the real question that we need to address, you know, we've talked about what optimal health is. We've talked a little bit about what fitness is. How do we get there? You know, how do we get there from here, I guess, is the question. And here means wherever you are right now in terms of, you know, your, your physical ability, health, wellness, all these things. How do we get there? Yes, and, and you know what? I go back to, and if I can bounce this back on you, Dr. Conlon, I was <laughs> listening to one of your, to one of your um, podcasts, and uh, you were talking about um, uh, physical activity, you were talking about lifestyle, and then you talked about choice. And, and a quote that I wrote down from you, and that I use, 
I mean, if you talk to people that I coach, and I coach people all over the United States. I actually coach people I've never even met, which is wonderful because I can do it. Um, I do it online. I do it uh, text messaging, phone calls. So I, I, I mean, I love doing that. So, so um, I, I love coaching people I don't even meet, and I and they know if you ask them. Choice is one of the words I use all the time, and you exemplified it when you said it's all about choice, and it's your choice. So people have to value. You know where they are now, where they, know where they are now, and value where they want to be enough to make choices that build on each other to get to where you want to go. So, getting back to your question, if you have this sight set on, I want to have optimal health, I want to live life to the fullest, I want to have the best quality of life. That's fantastic, and it's reachable. It's reachable within your own dimensions. Okay, it's not reachable to say, I want to be as fit as, you know, a Lance Armstrong. I want to be as fit as a gymnast that I saw at the Olympics. Because in, in actuality, it's probably an unrealistic uh, a goal that you're setting. But if you set a realistic goal to where you want to be, then you step back and say, okay, now what choices do I make on a day-to-day basis on, to get to that point? And if I can go again to one of the statements that you brought up, was that in our lives, We've got to cut ourselves a little bit of slack, and I know we. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've got to cut ourselves a little bit of slack because what happens is we have this vision of where we want to go. We under, we make the decision. Say, I want to make these choices to be more active. I want to eat smaller portions. I want to get up uh, a little earlier in the day and meditate. I want to have a breakfast every day. You have all these nice things, and then there's that one day where your alarm doesn't go off. And you've got to get to work because that's reality. You've got to get your kids to school. That's a reality. And you skip breakfast. And then lunch comes around and says, you know what, I already skipped breakfast. I'm just going to run to McDonald's because the day's lost. Well, cut yourself some slack. You know, you miss breakfast. Hey, have a bar, have a shake, have something different. But don't get on yourself so negatively. Or, you know, tonight you're, uh, you get a call from your kid. you got to pick them up uh, and take them somewhere um, or whatever it is. And, and now you're not going to be able to go work out. You're not going to be able to take your walk that you usually do. You're not going to be able to walk the dog. Well, cut yourself some slack. So today you don't go on your walk, but tomorrow you do your walk. So, so it's those little choices that you make on a day-to-day basis that lead you towards uh, that health, optimal health that you want. And, yeah, I have and more don't, don't carry the guilt around. I mean, that yeah. <laughs> the, the guilt will do you in. That you serves know, just... no purpose. The purpose of the purpose of carrying that guilt around only fosters a negative cycle. It's the positive cycle you have. I, I sent out an email to um, all of uh, my clients and patients the other day, and I said, you know, we're all on this path and this journey, and it's the process of this journey, getting from here to, you know, to being optimally healthy. Now, when we get to that spot, we don't just stop and say, okay, we're here, now what? No, because it's the process. It's an ongoing process. So, but on that road, on that journey, we may take a left turn once in a while. We may take a trip to San Francisco and want to try their foods. We may, you know, have to you know, break a leg or something. You know, we may have to, you know, stop exercising. You know, those are just little right and left turns that, you know, we gradually get ourselves back on our path. So we and cut see, ourselves. See, that's a really important point that you're making. Is that it's a it's a journey. You're always on the journey. We used to think of I'll go on this diet and I'll get the weight off and then I'm done. 
No, we get in trouble with that. No, and that's an excellent point because when when I coach uh, people, the most important part is not the weight loss part. The program that we use, people, you know, people lose the weight. It's a given. I mean, I watch them in my office. I talk to them on the phone. Losing the weight is a given. It's a transition off. And when when clients and patients allow me to help them transition off, they are much more successful in maintaining their lifestyle um, into a healthy lifestyle. You know, you, you always have some clients who who get to that point and the, the, the most important organ is that beautiful three-pound brain we have. Yes. And we've got to change our perspective that it's an ongoing process. And it's not an ongoing process to, you know, to live in this, uh, this you know, eating like a chipmunk where you're eating nuts and, and berries all day. No, it's, it's, it's changing your brain to saying, you know, portion size is different. I'm going to have breakfast every day. I'm going to do some type of physical activity. You know, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to get support. I'm going to find friends who want to do the same things that I do. And I'm going to want to monitor myself. I'm going to want to keep track of, of kind of where I'm at. And if you do those things on a daily basis, you're not obsessing about it. You're, it's, you know, it's the ones that don't think about these that are the odd ones because your health negatively is impacted by this if you don't. Absolutely. So it's a daily, it's a journey. Yeah. You know, if you take a journey... You, it depends on how you're getting there, but you go at it on a regular basis. You may stay in one place for a week, but then you continue on. It, it's a journey. You're, you're always on this one. Yeah, and it's the choices that you make on a, on a day-to-day basis that, you know, make the journey fun and, and, uh, and don't make it, you know, labor-intensive in that it's a negative. And, you know, to me, uh, unfortunately what's happening is, um, as our society starts to deteriorate in its health, and it, it, and it, again, it's having a huge burden on our on our medical system. As as we deteriorate, and then when you say to yourself, you know, I'm going to make the choice to make a change, and I value my health, I value my quality of life, and I'm going to make a change. And you start to make this change. You may change your eating habits, your activity level. You know, you may change a number of things. And you may not see the, the results right away, but they slowly start to change, and people start to notice it. And they're like, wow, what's going on? And then they say, oh, I'm you know, doing some healthy things. And all of a sudden, it's like, gosh, you're an exercise nut, you're you know, your nutrition nut, are you going off the deep end, are you a vegetarian, you know, oh, you look sick. You know, those things start to happen. You're thinking, well, actually, I'm getting healthy, and I'm being compared to other people who are now normal in society, when in actuality, unfortunately, they're not healthy, which is not allowing them the greatest quality of life. And and to be quite honest, Dr. Collin, that's where, where my goal has always been. When I sit down with somebody, when I'm on the phone with them, I say, you know, what do you want out of life? What's the greatest quality of life that you want? And let's talk about what you can do to get there. And it's very usually just simple little steps. And it's, it's, you know, it's not that difficult if you just start to think about these things as a slow process and not put yourself on these, you know, journeys to where it's unrealistic. And that's where we get in trouble. On that note, we need to take another break. When we come back, we'll be talking more with Dr. Steve Firemilk about how you get closer to your level of optimal health. This is Irene Conlon. Say stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Steve Firemilk. We're talking about health and fitness today. Dr. Steve is a health and fitness coach. If you have some questions you'd like to ask him, please call in. He's very open to answering your question. The number is 866-613-1612. We've been talking a little bit about the importance of uh, good nutrition, exercise, other things that uh, add to your optimal health. Um, tell us, you know, let's go over some of the benefits of doing the kind of things you suggest in terms yeah. of. Yeah, well, in, in reality, when I when I you know start talking to people about reaching optimal health, and 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 I'll be honest, and it, it equates to, you know, when when people start to feel. Um, feel not feel well. They they may gain have gained some extra weight, and a lot of it relates to weight. And and again, it goes back to the stats you're saying at the beginning about our society being overweight and obese. And so a lot of this starts with getting to a healthy weight. And so there are so many great health benefits to getting to a healthy weight. And the Cleveland Clinic actually came out with some of these facts. I just want to throw just a couple of them out at you that that I think you'll be re- very impressed with. So for somebody who intentionally gets to a a healthy weight, you know, migraines are 57% resolved. I mean, that's a large amount. Depression, 55% resolved. You know, sleep apnea, which is a huge problem in our society right now. We actually do a sleep study, a home sleep study, right out of our office here now at the heart of Arizona because uh, sleep apnea is so dangerous, especially when you're talking about atrial fibrillation and heart problems. But if you get to a healthy weight, obstructive sleep apnea, 74 to 98% resolved. Now, isn't that remarkable? Isn't wow. That remarkable? Yeah. 
Um, a, a couple other ones that uh, that um, I like to point out, and, and what I see in a lot of the people that I work with is diabetes, type two diabetes. 83% resolved. Now, diabetes follows the path of obesity to a T. And so when, when I work with people that are diabetics, I'm so excited when they choose a program like ours because I know that if they stay on our program, learn the habits of health versus habits of disease, learn those habits of health, they will probably no longer be considered, have a very high chance of no longer being considered a diabetic because they are going to get their blood sugars, they're going to get their insulin levels at a, at a very comfortable, balanced level. But, Dr. Collin, the last two areas that I think are, are really jump out at me when it comes to getting to a healthy weight uh, intentionally is um, quality of life is improved by 95% of patients. So 95% of patients who get to their optimal or uh, healthy weight say that they've improved their quality of life, and that's what it's all about. Not to mention that there's a reduction in five-year mortality by 90%. <laughs> so wow. you live five years longer. Um, Lots of benefits. Yeah, so there's a number of great benefits to getting to a healthy weight, and it's not just, you know, looking in the mirror and, and seeing yourself better, having a better self-confidence, being able to, I remember somebody told me that, you know, they're a great country music fan, and they would, uh, they never went to the, the country music, um, we have uh, country thunder down here, because they were overweight, they didn't feel good about themselves. Well, they got to a healthier weight, and she told me, you know, she goes, for the first time in 20 years, I'm going to go to this because I feel good about myself, oh, and that's, that's what it, that's what matters. Okay, that's you've, what matters. you've used the phrase, habits of health. A number of times now. Yeah. Let's talk about the habits of health. Yes. The, the, habits, the habits of our health are, are basically changing over from habits of disease, which are what most of us do. If I can even use myself as, a, as an example, habits of disease, you know, not getting good sleep, you know, staying up late, waking up early, um, you know, going 100 miles an hour on things. Yeah. Um, you know, eating fast food because you don't have time to eat, skipping meals, um, not exercising, not going to the doctor for your doctor visits, just not taking care of yourself because in the back of your mind you know that there's certain things that you should do. But now the habits of health relate to things that I've broken down to, to um, uh, as from Dr. Anderson, uh, his leadership, is a few things that lead to sustained health and a better quality of life. And the first thing is breakfast. I mean, Mom used to say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It is. It gets us kick-started for the day. Otherwise, our body goes into, the simple way to put it is a starvation state. We wake up in the morning and our body wonders, you know, are we going to feed it or not? And remember, we're the same body that's been around for 10,000 years. It doesn't, it didn't, you know, you gave caveman, you know, a bunch of fast food and skip breakfast. They'd get obese and have heart disease, too. Yep. So breakfast, very important, higher, you know, making sure you get some protein in that breakfast and uh, get you started for the day. Never, ever skip breakfast. And within a half hour, an hour of waking up. The other thing is some type of physical activity. And the physical activity can be when you're on the phone, you're walking around all the time. Uh, you can do regimented activity where you're out walking, you're doing small things in your life, you know, little things in your day. You're parking farther away when you're walking into the store. Um, you're taking the steps instead of the elevator. Adding activity in your everyday leads to better quality of life and is a habit of health versus a habit of disease. 
And when I see one of our patients get driven up and dropped off on the door at the door, and I see him coming on in, or she, I, t- I when they come out, I said, you know what? I think you should have your wife or your husband not drop you off at the door. They say, oh, it's just so much easier. No, you know, you can do it. And we can. And I've seen patients that I have here, because I can test muscle mass, I've seen 80 and 85-year-old men and women gain muscle mass just by increasing everyday activity. You know, most of us who are a little older (laughs) think that (laughs) because we have so many years on us that we can't change anymore. We can't lose weight. How many times have I heard, you're too old, don't bother? In fact, a doctor told me that. Don't <laughs> you know, don't bother. You're too old. We we can't regain muscle mass. That's a big fib, isn't it? It's a complete fib. As a matter of fact, I can show you case after case of people. Not that they're going out to the gym and joining and and uh, doing these big, huge exercise routines. Adding little activity in our daily routine can in- maintain and increase muscle mass at any age. And I've seen that. I have anecdotal evidence as well as research that shows that information. So it's, it's definitely important. But the other key to that is also making sure you're getting enough protein in your, in your diet so that when you, because as you said, as you get older, you know, there is the process of muscle breakdown that occurs naturally. So as we get older, what we're trying to do is slow that down, stop it, and maybe even increase it. So, um, so definitely can happen. So exercise, physical activity, I'm a firm believer in band exercises, using um, exercise bands. Great way to travel. You can take your exercise bands with you. Um, if you can't afford a gym, you can do them in your house. So exercise bands are a great way to do resistance training um, in your own home. So those are just a couple. I mean, support, I mentioned before, getting support from friends or family members who understand what you're trying to do to get healthy. Um, and the other, the other big part that we, what, what we teach in our Take Shape for Life program is having low-fat, you know, uh, frequent meals throughout the day. Our bodies were used to that. I mean, think back, well, I guess I can't think back and, and neither can you. If you think back to history, think back to the caveman days when, you know, we walked around with spears and knives and, you know, we got hungry and we saw a rabbit, you know, we'd harvest the rabbit and, and eat it. Or we'd see berries and we'd, we'd, we'd take we'd the berries eat and eat them and we'd walk farther. And so all throughout the day we were feeding our bodies and they, there was a, you know, a balance to us. Now picture the American diet, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, maybe not even breakfast, maybe not lunch. At the office, you know, no longer are they, you know, even going out for, for lunch or taking a lunch break. It's, you know, have a meeting during lunch, have a lunch meeting. So, or, you know, you can't even have lunch because there's a meeting. So having these small, frequent meals throughout the day is extremely important in maintaining a healthy weight as well as, as losing, um, losing weight. Now, what about the stress factor? Because I know stress factor, stress really messes up your hormones, and some of those are important in helping you metabolize your food or lose the fat, whatever. What do you recommend for your, your patients or your yeah. clients? No, that's, that's, a, that? that's a wonderful question because what that talks about is the, the broad approach, the holistic approach, the not just focusing on one dimension, not focusing on, and I heard this today in my office when a, uh, a patient uh, um, said, you know, uh, a friend of mine says, you know, I, 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 he exercises so much that he should be able to eat anything he wants. Well, that's just one dimension of it. You can't, no, you can't just eat anything no. as you exercise because 3,500 calories is a pound of, of, um, of fat. So you'd have to basically run a marathon 
and running is basically 100 calories a mile, you know, you'd have to run a marathon, you wouldn't even burn a pound of fat. So, you know, you have to lose 10 pounds, you'd have to run, you know, 15 marathons and not eat while you're doing it. So you have to be multidimensional. So the stress part of it is very important. And there's two dimensions of this that I talk to people about stress. One is sleep. Sleep is very important. And it's not that you have to have exactly eight hours of sleep or you have to have exactly, you know, 12 hours, whatever you, whatever it is. You have to find your sweet spot, okay? You have to find where you function the best. Some people I know, six hours is great if they sleep longer than six. You know, it's too much. Some people have got to get seven and a half or eight. But these people that, you know, stay up late and get up early and, and, and change their schedule all the time, and I mean, sometimes jobs, you know, you can't help it with that. But if you can get on a kind of a regimented sleep schedule, that will decrease your stress. And the other thing is, is, you know, our lives are full of so much stress in American society. I mean, I was I stopped at a stoplight and I saw this girl texting away, you know, next to me and she looks like a business lady. She's probably getting ready to go to a business meeting and texting out an email or whatever. We are so stressed with that. Now, we have to step back and start to say, okay, you know, what do I do to value my life? What can I cut out that adds stress to me that doesn't really add to my quality of life? And so, it's, but the thing is, it goes back, Dr. Collin, again, to what we were talking about, that it's this journey and it's the choices we make. And it's not the all or none principle. It's not getting rid of all no. the stress. It's not making these huge changes. It's the smaller changes in our stress, in our everyday stress. And when we feel that stress coming on, and you know when it is, the tightness in our chest, and we feel, you know, you know, the, a nice little technique, and I actually uh, put this on uh, Facebook today. Uh, a gal was going in for a stress test today. I said, you know, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. You know, just three times of that has been proven to decrease stress, and it can have a positive impact on your body. Absolutely. You know, and, and if people want some real quick relaxation, they can learn to do some self-hypnosis because that really is such a powerful tool. No, um, it is. You know, you were asking about, you know, the, the habits of health. Another habit that, uh, that is extremely important is monitoring yourself. And not just monitoring, you know, actually I shouldn't say not just. It includes monitoring how you feel when you're out for a walk. Monitoring yourself, how you feel when you go up and down steps. If you're chugging up and down the steps and you feel great, hey, you're doing fabulous. But if you find that you know going up those steps is becoming more and more labor intensive, then your physical fitness level is probably dropping. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to probably figure out you've got to do more of it. You know, one of the things that I do now is whenever I go to the airport, I always try to take the stairs. And, uh, and that's something that's been helpful for me. And, you know, once in a while you see somebody stepping off the escalator and say, you know, I think I'm going to take the stairs too. And those little things add up uh, to, to, um, to your overall habits of health. The other thing about monitoring has to do with uh, monitoring your body weight. And I know that um, when I walk by the scale and don't want to get on it, there's probably a reason. It's not because I want to focus on the weight. It's just that I know that, you know, I, I know that my body composition is good and I want to just maintain my level. I'm definitely not a weight oriented person. And I want to bring that out because body composition is so much more important. You can have two people that weigh 150 pounds and they are totally different in terms of their body composition, meaning one could be 35% body fat and weigh 150 pounds. One could be 15% body fat and weigh 150 pounds. And, and so, what a difference. And a huge difference. And so when you look at people, you know, looking at body mass index, which is what most doctors use, and you can go on a chart 
and go online and Google body mass index. There'll be a chart. You look at your height and your weight. And for a general population, that gives you a great idea. But for somebody like me, I'm considered very close to being obese because my muscle mass is high. So you have to take that into consideration. So I'm definitely not a weight person that looks at the weight, but for monitoring yourself when you're at a healthy weight, when you exercise, when you know you're doing the right things, and you know the balance of your weight, it's a good thing to use for monitoring. Or if you, if you know somebody can do body compositions on you, you know, go ahead and do those too. And, and you do that. And when we come back from this next break, I want you to tell us more about what it is you do with your clients. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Steve Firemilk, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune in to Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. are tuned in to the self-improvement show with your host dr irene conlon got a question for irene or her guests call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612 that's 1-866-613-1612 connect with irene via email our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com now let's get back to the self-improvement show here again is dr irene conlon Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Steve Firemilk. We've been talking about health and fitness. Dr. Steve is a health and fitness coach. And so I guess my next question, Steve, is if I came to you as a client, um, I just really wasn't quite up to par, where would we start? What, how could you help me? Well, that's an interesting way to put that question because uh, the first thing I, w- I would want to do is, you know, talk to you, find out, you know, you know where you're at, what kind of life you have, what kind of lifestyle you have, where, you know, where you uh, want to be, um, and then a lot of times I end up uh, talking to people about the positive things they have going on, and and my patients kind of and my clients will look at me or I'll be on the phone with them because again I, I can I meet a lot of people on the phone as well. 
and uh, they'll they'll say, you know, you know, how can that be? How can there be a positive in this? Well, there, I can tell you that there is definitely a positive in everyone's when we talk about their body composition and we talk about their physical activity or the, their lifestyle. There is a there is definitely a way to find the positive and to work off of that, and that's what. I try to do with everyone I talk to is talk to them and find try to find the positive and then work work with them within their own parameters. So one thing we we like to talk about too is structural tension is what we call it, where we find out you know where someone is and then kind of evaluate where you're at now. You know what's your weight now? What's your activity like now? What are you doing now? Where do you want to go? And then what can we do in the in the, the choices that can we make to get you to that point? So as, as a, a potential client of mine, I would basically, you know, give you information about the program that I offer here, and you make a choice, and everyone has to make a choice. And this happened because, you know, I was talking to a, uh, a fitness uh, uh, trainer uh, just yesterday, and we were talking about, you know, we can only do so much with our clients when they're in our gym and our office, but 99% of it is when they're out of our office. So it, it has to be the choice of the person that I'm talking to or meeting with. And once they've decided they're motivated, they value health, they value changes in their life, they value a certain, you know, positive health that they want, then they're ready. But it's not until, you know, the person is ready that, uh, that I will, you know, take the next step and maybe move towards, uh, helping them even more. Now, I know that you work with a program that uses the Metafast diet. Um, how effective is that? Does that help? Yeah. Is that good for everybody? What do you recommend? Yeah, when when they come in, it's an it's an option. It's an option that that we use with the Take Shape for Life program. It's such a small part of it. And I think I brought this up earlier that that the meal replacement part of it is so small. The biggest part is a lifestyle change and the change between that your ears and the brain change. So um, that's the important part. So. The, what it does is start teaching t- people these habits of health of eating small, healthy meals throughout the day. It's a health, you know, it's a healthy program. It's been around for 30 years. The, the Metafast replacement meals, um, they've uh, they've been clinically proven. The weight loss is fantastic. People get get results right away. It's really a nice way to get people to start to focus on the habits of health. And the weight loss, again, I can't overemphasize, this is a small part of it because it's a given. The weight loss will happen. It's what you're going to do when you transition off of these replacement meals into your regular lifestyle. And that's where, you know, the Take Shape for Life program is really superior because there's the, the book that you mentioned, Dr. A's Habits of Health, is a cornerstone to teaching people these habits of health. Very easy to read book. They've got a coach that they can call or text or email anytime. So there's a way to transition off of these meals because, let's face it, we don't want to be eating replacement meals the rest of our lives. But if it gets us to a healthy weight, decreases our risk for heart attack, stroke, and increases our quality of life, and then we can transition off and eat, quote-unquote, normal food, holistic food, be a vegetarian, whatever it is, then that is a great tool that we use in our tool belt to help people get to that ideal or um, their their um, their weight and and to, to tell you the truth and I've got I've got to be honest is that um, um, I got involved in this uh, take shape for life uh, as um, in our practice here when Dr. Firemelk approached me and she said you know we keep telling our patients you know go exercise and lose weight and see me in you know a couple weeks or a month or whatever and they'd come back and they'd be the same and they'd be heavier and finally she said you know what we need to go find out find the best program clinically proven that'll get people to a healthy weight decrease their risk so I 
as the health and fitness expert and the director of wellness, I went out and looked, and I found the Take Shape for Life program. And, Dr. Conlon, at the time, I happened to be the heaviest I'd ever been, <laughs> and um, my cholesterol was through the roof, and my particle numbers and all these wonderful tests that we do at the heart of Arizona, where my cardiologist, who also happens to be my wife, told me that she was about ready to put me on medication, and I said, okay, Steve, time to pull the trigger. Let's see what this program's really about. So I had a Dr. Mark Nelson, who was a cardiologist. He was my coach, and he coached me through the Take Shape for Life program. And I, this was over a year and a half ago, and I've been able, I lost, you know, 35 pounds in two months. It was all fat because I checked myself on my, um, on my body count machine, and I maintained my muscle mass. And I've, it's been over a year and a half now, and I've maintained that, that same physical fitness and body weight as I did then in competition. I guess that answers my question. Yeah. <laughs> We're and, right up at the end of the yeah. show. So what's the final word you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Well, besides bringing me back on as another guest on another oh, we show. we will do that. <laughs> I would say that it's the power is in the choices that we make. And so those little choices that you make throughout the day add up over time. It's not the big, it's not the ice cream you had tonight, have tonight. It's the ice cream you have every night. It's not the, the skipping the exercise today because of an event. It's the skipping the exercise and activity every day. It's not taking the elevator today instead of the stairs because you're late. It's taking the elevator every time. So those are the kind of things that the little choices, little changes that we can make in our lives that have a positive impact on our quality of life. Little choices have a big payoff. They, they sure do. Next week's guest is Dr. Eldon Taylor, author and creator of the Inner Talk program. We're going to talk about his new book, What If, and about the magnificent power of the mind. Dr. Steve, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Dr. Steve Firemelk, saying thank you for being with us today and come back again next week and listen again. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.